0: might have just assumed oh join via zoom no you're right it is Somebody's
1: i just wanted to make sure because we're not doing it but that's if it's on their website then that's fine you've
0: got work to do mia i'm
1: <laughs> trying to take over every building in this town i know one at a time
0: that's a story that's the cold open
1: that's the co- <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to orleans behind the scenes episode seven i'm your host mia Baumgarten, here with my friend and co-host mike salitra of the planning department how's it going mike
2: it's going well. Thank you, Mia. Thank you for uh, welcoming our guest today. Uh, we have a guest with us. We have uh, Ryan Bray from the Cape Cod Chronicle. Welcome. Thank Welcome, you for joining Ryan. us, Ryan. Happy you're here.
1: Ryan, why don't you start off by telling us just a little bit about who you are and what the Cape Cod Chronicle covers.
0: Yeah, again, uh, Ryan Bray. I have worked at the Chronicle for two and a half years, uh, started in July 2021. And I cover the town of Orleans Everything that goes along with that, that's kind of town hall stuff. That's businesses, uh, schools, you know, we get into the Nasset stuff, uh, per, you know, features. We just try to get our arms around as much of the town as we can. We've expanded a lot in the last, like, four or five years, because for 50-some-odd years, it was just Chatham, and it was just Harwich. Gotcha. So we've actually doubled our kind of town footprint in the last couple of years. But that's a, that's a great thing. I feel like the trend, sadly, in a lot of, you know, print journalism and newspapers is uh, you're seeing declines. Right. Things are receding, and to be able to grow in the face of all that is it's actually it's pretty thrilling.
1: That's really exciting. And how did you end up being the point person for Orleans?
0: Um, I, so around that time, it was the summer of 2021, June. I uh, took a buyout at the Cape Cod Times. I was running mm-hmm. their news desk. So I kind of took most of that summer off, and it was kind of glorious. But at the same time, <laughs> I realized that you had to, keep, had to keep one eye on the next thing. Like, at some point, you got to get back to real life. And one of my colleagues at the Times, I'll give her a shout-out, Marilee Cassidy was nice enough to sort of, you know, the, the Chronicle was looking for somebody in Orleans because Ed Maroney we started Orleans coverage for the paper uh, was retiring merrily floated my name to them and then we got in touch and it kind of worked out from there and it's been great and it's just to be able to get back into covering towns and just rolling up your sleeves and yeah. doing it and um, yeah it's I, 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 I couldn't be happier yeah absolutely it's great to hear
2: so this would be a tough question to land but I'm gonna try anyway starting in a new town Um, I can kind of relate as I've been in my role for a little less than a year now. Mm -hmm. uh, You need to build relationships with the people who uh, live here, work here, visit here. And some of those uh, relationships with the town, those people have been here for many years, if not decades or longer. So being the new guy, being the person who's coming in, how do you start building those relationships, and how do you ultimately, in your role, become the authority where they're looking to for their news on a weekly basis?
1: Don't say make a podcast.
0: <laughs> I will not say that. Okay. <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't be even begin to know. I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. Um, but honestly, it's kind of just starts with diving in. And, and you don't really think about all that other stuff. You just show up and the one thing i've learned i've covered like a lot of towns like over the years is that you catch up with it really fast it it doesn't take it i mean i'm talking weeks it doesn't take long to sort of kind of get your foothold in in the door and just like figure out what's going on and then it's kind of like just pushing a big news ball down a big hill and it's you talk to somebody for one thing and then one thing kind of leads into the next into the next and it's all kind of connected as you guys or I'm sure are aware. So really with time, you just talk to people because a big bulk of the job is, tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so you do right by them, you quote them right, you don't mess anything up. That's how you build the trust. You build the trust through the work. If you're doing the work right, they'll come to you for things. Mm -hmm. And I've been very lucky in that regard because I get people who email me who will call me, who will text me, and just give me the heads up on a lot of things. And they don't have to do that, but they do. And, I'm, you know, I'm grateful because, you know, I try to keep my head on a swivel and, and, and cover everything myself, but it's impossible. But, so you need kind of your eyes and ears out there. And the fact that people want to reach out or care enough, um, it's a great benefit to me, but it also makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I must be doing something right if I'm engendering that trust.
1: Yeah, they must trust the coverage. Yeah. To be able to reach out yeah. like that, yeah.
0: Yep. That's a great point that the work uh, establishes the trust
2: that having the relationship with them is important, obviously, but what you put out there uh, in the paper as news, making sure that it accurately reflects what's going on, what that conversation was, is how you build that trust.
0: Yeah, I mean, because that's really my connection. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if I'm not doing my job or not doing it well, you know, I, I think most people wouldn't have a reason to, to reach out, you know?
2: And kind of with that, when determining what is news or what people want to know about, what they should know about, what goes into the that decision-making process? How do you determine what to cover, when it should be covered,
0: and to what degree? It's a great question, but I mean, and there's no like clean answer to it. It's really kind of an instinct you develop just by knowing the town, knowing the people, mm-hmm. And kind of goes back to what I had, you know, said previously. If if you're covering things and you're keeping your eye on things, you're not only following what's going on, but you're getting the the tenor of the conversation. You're getting a, a taking the pulse or the temperature of like what's important to people, what people feel strongly about, what other things feel more like kind of inside baseball, just like more routine things that okay, we don't have to dig into that. I mean, you know, I sit here covering meetings all the time, and as things are going on, you're paying attention, but that question is always in my head. I'm, in my head, I'm always thinking, like, all right, how's this going to play? Mm-hmm. If we do something, is this going to be something for, like, a, our town hall action column, which is more like briefs and notes? Mm-hmm. Is this a story? What is the story? It's a constant process of figuring that out, but really it just comes down to kind of knowing the issues and that, and just letting that sort of Um, drive a lot of the decision making. And then of course, you know, we don't do it in a bubble. I mean, we have editorial meetings every week. I'm constantly talking with, you know, my colleagues, my editors. And, you know, I'll bring things up to them and maybe they'll come up with different angles that I don't think of. And so that's a really valuable part of that process, too, is the back and forth that you get from the people you work with. But it's not—it's not, it's not a, a quick and easy thing. It's just um, you—you you it. f- just—you yeah. just know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So something I'm personally curious about, and at the risk of giving myself a performance review, mm-hmm. I do see you in here watching the meetings often. Do you also use the video archive often? And what All the do you—what yeah. do you—are um, there things that you get from being here that you don't get from the video archive?
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. First, I'll say the video is a great tool.
1: Thank you so much. That's what I was looking for. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> you 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 fished. You, you, you caught <laughs> I fished, it.
1: Fished. I caught a real yeah, did.
0: There you go. Very good. Uh, that was that was slick. Thank um, you. <laughs> but uh, no no it really is because again you can't kind of be everywhere. So to have that that tool that allows you to sort of double back mm-hmm. and kind of catch up on things at your time too, where you can stop, pause and, Um But yeah, like be if you can be here. Mm-hmm you catch the nuances of things Mm -hmm. that video's not going to catch. You can kind of, sometimes there's, you know, murmuring and stuff that's happening around the room, or, you know, there's little things you can pick up on about how people are reacting to what's being discussed. Um, But really just being there, Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's a good thing in general. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, like COVID, You know with um the way they've sort of altered the open meeting law to allow for remote
1: participation
0: remotely i mean it's convenient but you know i could have started this job just sitting at my computer and like never shown my face in here but then how am i building those networks how am i meeting people i I feel like you got to be in it so Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability like i always Mm -hmm. try to make it here but Mm -hmm. but i definitely use both methods, I, I lean on the video a lot because it's good to just be able to kind of go back, or even if I've been here, what did they say? Just go back to the meeting and make sure I got, you know, button some stuff up, um, yeah.
3: Good,
1: well, I'm glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, no, and I think I would venture to guess for other people it's a great service too, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I mean, that's a, such an excellent point bringing up that you could do <coughs> the actual work from behind a computer screen but showing up is how you build the relationships, build the trust, and being there in person is is the way to kind of further that more quickly and in a more established basis.
0: And also I'd just add with that it's really kind of part of what makes the job fun is being out there. You know, if, if my job is really just relegated to me in a room, hit and pause, yeah. hit and start, hit and pause, I I don't know, I don't think I'd be doing it as long as I have. There
1: would be very little kind of liveliness and energy, I think. Yeah. Kind of. Coverage, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So where can people find The Chronicle if they have yet to to read it? On newsstands, there are certain places that get it on Wednesdays. I think most places get it in newsstands on Thursdays. So you can go to your local supermarket, your corner store, and, and find them various places. And then you can subscribe. They do home delivery. Right? And again, I think most places get it Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's the print edition. And then online... You know, like most newspapers, we have an online presence and we actually, just in the last couple of months, we overhauled our website, which has been kind of interesting. It's been a process. So when any, sure. Anytime you do something new, there's like little kinks to work out and, and whatnot. But on the website, we start uploading that week's stories on Wednesday mm-hmm. and we'll do a few on Wednesday, a few on Thursday, maybe one or two on Friday. You know, so there's good incentive. There's, good reason to kind of check back and, and just see what's going on, and, you know, we also have our e-edition uh, that people can check out on the website, so lots of different ways to get the news.
1: Do you have a social media presence for The Chronicle?
0: I don't myself. Um, we have the, the Chronicle has Facebook, Twitter, Okay, so Instagram. people can follow
1: that to get the like, And then we all sort of, updates. like,
0: we all share one account. We just you kind know, gotcha. load stuff in. Okay.
1: So you cover Orleans news. Yes. Is there a story from your recent coverage that stands out as being particularly fun or memorable?
0: Yeah, one of the things I really enjoy doing, I mean, news takes all different forms, but we do every week on, we do a page two personality profile. Mm. It's sort of like a slice of life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we try to like, it's just a way to kind of like meet people in the community of all walks. Mm-hmm. And back in November, I had the opportunity to sit in with a sewing group. Not an I'm not a sewer. I I have no <laughs> no concept how to do any of that. Mm-hmm. But I was given the up. It was somebody emailed me and said this, told me the story. You know, this woman who had been kind of running this sewing group out of her house, and she's in her 90s, and she's been for 30 years just knitting hats for newborn babies, oh. and just donating them.
1: Oh, that's lovely. And
0: just doing it as a matter of course, and she keeps like immaculate like tr- count of how many she's done. T- so that was, nice. but I went in there thinking this was just gonna be a, a story about this woman.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it really became a story about the group, about the connection that her and her friends and these other you know, women who are part of this group have and why, what is it about sewing that brings people together. That was fun because you, sometimes you think you're going in with one thing and you come out with something completely different and it's better than what you had hoped. And that's sort of like the, I don't know, that's just kind of journalism in a, in a way is you can try to drive the bus as much as you want,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but at some point you gotta let go of the wheel and kind of just dig in on what's in front of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so every once in a while a story like that comes, that kind of, as you're doing it, takes you by surprise and kind of keeps you on your toes. But yeah, so that, that was a really good one. And I, and I like doing those profiles in general, because sometimes it's the, the, the flip side of the kind of more newsier, town government, mm-hmm. the, the harder stuff. Right. You know, Maybe it, a little more dry. It brings you a little more balance.
1: That was such a good answer. I want to read a book about the sewing circle. Oh, man. And the newborn baby hats. That was good.
0: It was, it was a good <laughs> one. Yeah, That's
1: really interesting.
2: Speaking of balance and changing gears here to talk about personality page two, what are some things that you find yourself doing in Orleans when you are not covering? Or what do you like about the town that it does not involve news coverage?
0: I, I mean, I like the people. I really do. And that might sound like a, a safe, easy answer. But um, I've covered towns in the Cape where it gets really vitriolic, where they it gets very chippy. And that's part of what makes it fun. But also there's like a some local crank that's just trying to just mix it up and, you know, and succeeds more often than not and gets everybody mad. And mm-hmm. um, there's surprisingly none of that in Orleans. I feel like people are very dedicated to the town. They're very impassioned, but that impassion doesn't manifest itself in like bitterness or kind of fighting. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels like, you know, it's a lot of people who just really enjoy the community, really enjoy their neighbors and they all feel like they're on the same page. So just, you know, being around town has been really cool and meeting people, you know, on occasion, I live in Marston's Mills, mm-hmm. so it, it's a little bit of a hike. So I don't spend a ton of time in Orleans outside of doing my job, but just doing my job allows me to get around. And I don't know, I just think it's a great place. And certainly they've been very welcoming to me. It's
1: great. Yeah. Is there an upcoming topic that you're really interested in digging into?
0: Not one in particular. There's always things that you, you kind of see off on the horizon, yeah. and you're like, so all right, I've got to keep my ear open for that. Um, and actually, one of those just came to pass. It'll be in the paper next week, but what was going on at Christmas Tree Shop? Can so, you give us a spoiler? Uh, yeah, well, we all, yeah, so actually, if you've been following that story, we already kind of let the cat in the back, but Baskin's. Okay. Ace hardware moving in. was very assertive in saying, we, we need that space. We got to get it. And that they're, they've signed a lease. So that was one where it was kind of, you're like, all right, I can't let that one get by. I got to stay on top of that. So, but then really, it's all, kind of a lot of the th- things that just are kind of like permanent fixtures in terms of mm-hmm. new stories. Housing, there's always going to be yep. movement on that front, there's always going to be developments, sewering you know, that story isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Those bigger issues give you a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. So I'm always paying attention to what's like the next development in those kind mm-hmm. of areas. But it's sort of like a carousel that just keeps spinning. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look forward to things, but then there's things that come up and it's like, oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's certainly a lot to keep, your, keep you occupied. Yeah.
1: So according to your bio, you enjoy loud music. Can you tell us yeah. what kind of music you like and a little bit more about what you like to do outside of work?
0: Yeah, I I I, I was kind of tongue in cheek. Um I love I would say I just love music in general. Mm-hmm. It's a huge passion of mine. It has been since I was a kid. I listen to it, I play it. I've been playing drums for since I was like 10 in and out of bands and stuff like that. But really more these days, it's if I'm not working, it's kind of family. I got a 2-year-old at home and that's um, a great way to get your steps in. <laughs> um, and, the, you know, so it, it's been an interesting sort of evolution, but mm-hmm. the Chronicle keeps me plenty busy, but it's important to find the other things yes. in life to kind of um, to, to switch gears. But I'm lucky to have a great family and, you know, other things that keep me occupied, energized, refreshed, et cetera.
2: Well, thank you for joining us, Ryan. This has been great to hear a little bit more about the Chronicle and your background. We'll post all the links in the show notes about where uh, our listeners can find uh, upcoming uh, articles as well as the entire uh, catalog that you have there. Uh, Before we sign off, is there anything that uh, we didn't ask you or anything we didn't talk about that we probably
0: should have today? No, nothing really. I would say, you know, we're always kind of want to know what people hear or see around town, if you think you have you know, story ideas or things that are worth you know, th- covering for the Chronicle, uh, you can email me at ryan at capecodchronicle.com. Thank you, so we'll include that as well.
2: Uh, and every week we uh, kind of recap the prior week and take a look ahead to what's coming next. Uh, would you like to stick around for that, Ryan? Absolutely. Taking a look at what's coming up next week, Ryan, what do you have on your calendar?
0: Well, the Snow Library, their um, Feasibility Task Force and their Board of Trustees, as uh, anybody's who's Falling Townies knows, they're kind of knee-deep in the process of planning for a new library. And uh, on the 23rd of this month, at 6.30, at the library, they're going to have a public forum um, th- where they're going to basically go through... Um, a couple different options, very preliminary options that they have in mind for what a building, a new library building might look like in the footprint of the existing building on Main Street. And the select board got into it a couple weeks ago and the schematics are really interesting to say the least. However it unfolds remains to be seen, but anybody who's interested in what a new snow library might look like, um, I think they'd be uh, do well to attend or, or check it out online because, you know, they're very modern. They're very sleek. It's a very, you know, if this gets built there, it's going to be a very cool looking uh, uh, feature for Main Street. Nice addition.
1: That's great, and I just want to plug that the information about that forum is posted on the town website, town.orleans.ma.us, as well as other information about the
2: library's plans. And as Ryan points out, that meeting is in person, but it will be available uh, both by Zoom remotely and uh, on video afterward as well.
1: Town Hall will be closed this Monday, January 15th, in observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And the other one I want to plug is the Farmer's Market, which is held Saturdays at 44 Main Street from 10 to 12. What's on your schedule, Mike?
2: A few things I'll highlight here. Some of the things I brought up last week. Great uh, lineup of movies at Snow Library on uh, Wednesdays throughout the month. There's Public Skate at Charles Moore Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then one event I wanted to highlight in particular, a very happy New Year. It's a children's event hosted for the centers by the Centers for Culture and History in Orleans Uh, that is coming up on Saturday, January 27th, 10 to 12. It's limited to the first 15 children who sign up. Uh, It revolves around the corduroy story. Uh, It sounds like a wonderful event. So if you are available and are interested and have children, please uh, check out their website, orleanshistoricalsociety.org for more information.
1: Thank you so much. And thanks for being our guest this week, Ryan. This was a wonderful episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As always, you can get in touch with us at orleansbts at town.orleans.ma.us. We welcome your feedback, comments, and we are still accepting submissions for artwork for the podcast.